Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Teacher Activist Podcast. My name is Alex Denham, and I am your host. This is the final podcast in the book series on globalization efforts in education. The final book in this series is called We Don't Need Another Hero by Gregory Mitchie. Again, I will summarize the book and then talk about two topics of my choosing, uh, leading to our conclusion at the end. My hope is that you learn something from my experiences reading the book and hopefully spark an interest in reading it yourself. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy. In We Don't Need Another Hero, Gregory Mitchie reflects on his experiences in Chicago public schools during the 2000s and 2010s. Teaching in an urban school is a different job than teaching in general, and Mitchie describes the differences clearly in his book. On top of teaching, urban educators must be counselors, social workers, mediators, and peacekeepers. Mitchie describes moments of educating teacher prospects on diversity and multiculturalism, as well as teaching his middle school students in uh, downtown Chicago. The last section of Hero describes the bigger picture of education, how no child left behind has failed, inequities in education, and tips on how to be a better urban educator. The first topic I want to talk about is the idea of of building positive relationships within school communities, whether that's with students or with staff or with educators in general. Gregory Mitchie throughout We Don't Need Another Hero discusses the importance of building positive relationships with students, parents, and school communities in order to achieve uh, success in an urban school environment. Building meaningful relationships is the key to creating a strong school culture. Reflecting on a previous book, A Home on the Field, Coach Quadros emphasized the creation of a winning culture, learning about each of his players' families and lives, their school struggles, and their motivations in order to reach that team success. In another previous book, Acculturation Without Assimilation, the results of this study uh, ask the community members to accept the Sikh populations that are in Valleyside. And one could argue that teachers in Valleyside High School should take the initiative to drive that change in the community. The administration and staff of Alta Vista in Juarez Ciudad during um, the previous podcast in Juarez Girls Rising, they demand the creation of p- positive community relationships in order to achieve success. Um, for me, the struggle throughout my teaching career has not been creating meaningful relationships inside of the classroom, but rather outside of the classroom, including families or community members, community partnerships, um, that kind of stuff. And, and my school is known for, for having minimal parent involvement. Unless the parent has to deal with, with discipline or injustice on a student or having to deal with a fight or something like that, where in general, like, it is just common knowledge that parents at our school just don't get involved. And, and I, don't, I don't like that that much. I wish that our parents were involved more, but to have the parents involved more and community involved more takes a lot of work, a lot of one-sided work, it feels like, from the teacher perspective. Um, the idea in the book, in Hero, um, they did an, a neighborhood walk before school started, visiting homes, um, 
and they were able to um, go and, and meet with their kids and their families, just even if it was for like five, five minutes, two minutes, just a, a, a walk up, say, hi, I'm your teacher and leaving. That puts a face to a name and that makes you as the teacher, that makes you a human. And that, that isn't, there isn't a, a divide between the, the teacher and student, because in reality, like we've learned in our other books, we should all be striving towards the same goal of teaching and educating and fighting against um, injustice. The idea of doing neighborhood walks and visiting homes seems more appealing to me than, than calling over 100 plus students a minimum of three times per year, as my school strongly suggests that we do. I'm more inclined to use my energy in developing strong in-person conferences um, or personal relationships. And honestly, I just don't like talking on the phone all that much to so many people, but that might be where, where we're going. Next year, I'm going to look into the feasibility of organizing a neighborhood walk for my school and to develop a parent conference day during the during a half day for students in which students would go for half day up until 11, 12 o'clock. And then teachers are expected to stay on campus from 12 until about 7 or 8. That way we can give enough time for parents, whether during lunchtime, dinner time, somewhere in between, to come and meet with their teachers, um, their students' teachers. And that way there can be those creating of positive relationships and, and allow parents the ability to meet with their child's teachers. The second topic I want to talk about is this idea of two different narratives in American history, the narrative of greatness versus the narrative of goodness. On page 116 of We Don't Need Another Hero, Gregory Mitchie reflects on the narratives told in a different book called Expect Miracles by Peter Cookson and Christina Ber Berger. Or Berger, not good with names. On one hand, you have the narrative of greatness, which presents America as, as great based off of manifest destiny, dominance, accumulation of wealth and resources, uh, with hubris added in there. And on the other hand, you have the narrative of goodness in America, which presents America's goodness is through community building, democratic values, diversity, and dedication to justice and equality. As an educator, this dichotomy uh, envelops our classrooms every day. Do we teach the narrative of greatness versus the narrative of goodness? This past year has been, in my opinion, my, my worst year of teaching. It's the one I don't want to, I want to be better from this year moving forward. Forward, I focus so much on test scores only having, only to have my data come back negative. Um, and with the focus on test scores, I feel like I did not focus on building those strong relationships in the classroom to encourage real learning. And, and I wanted to show the reason that I, that I focused so much on these test scores was I wanted to show um, on the two, I wanted to prove to my bosses and my peers that I'm a valuable ally and an asset in my school. And I felt like that was the way that I did it. Um, and it wasn't until I talked with, with a couple of my, my superiors, a couple of my assistant principals, and we talked about how the data is, is being misused and can, can lie in the numbers. They're not always showing the bigger picture and they're not showing the full-fledged force of what it means to be a good teacher. And I wanted to 
I wanted to make sure they knew that I was valuable to them. And, and I feel like I let them down. And in reality, none of them were disappointed in me. Um, I was just projecting my own feelings. And I felt that the data uh, and the learning, I felt like data and learning are at odds in the classroom where I want to help my students become better people versus the state that wants them to learn dates and numbers and dead people. And in reality, I think there has to be a balance between the two. Many days this year, I felt just like Jenna's passage on page 118. And, and I kept asking myself as she did, what really matters in the classroom? What or who am I putting my faith and my trust in? Why do I teach and why, how am I making an impact? I do not have solid answers to many of these questions right now, but I do know I want to make a difference and an impact to change lives and to change communities. Uh, that's part of why I joined this urban education program, because I wanted to, to better understand what my role is in the future in, in, in changing communities and changing lives uh, one by one. I want to refocus my perspective in the next year um, to being like the story of the turtle rescuers in the book, focusing on the value of my work, the rightness of my work, and letting everything else land where it may. We Don't Need Another Hero is a direct rebuttal against movies like Waiting for Superman, in which one good teacher becomes a hero for a group of struggling students. That's not real life. In reality, the systemic structures that are plaguing urban schools are inequity, racial disparities, and lack of resources. One teacher cannot change that reality. Gregory Mitchie does an excellent job in describing how urban education, um, the forward is together, that going forward, we have to do this together as a team. And changing the structure of the educational system requires all of us together working in unison for a common goal. Throughout this series, we have seen educators change realities for students inside and outside of the classroom. As this series ends, I want to encourage all teacher activists out there that your job is value-driven. Your job is inherently good, and you're doing good work just by caring for your students and your school communities. You're not alone. And even though we're in this unprecedented phase of education um, where we're quarantined by COVID-19 and coronavirus fears, and we don't know what the next step in education is going to look like, we might be quarantined in our homes, but we are not disconnected from our peers and from people who care about us. And, and I encourage you to reach out to those and use this time to better yourself, not only as a teacher, but as a better person. Thank you for listening to the Teacher Activist Podcast. A special thank you goes out to Spencer Salis, my professor for this class and one of the inspirations uh, for allowing me to create this podcast series. Thank you for allowing me to grow my podcasting skills and challenging me in this class. I look forward to more classes in the future. Uh, and until next time, bye-bye.